News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hesman, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street, Quincy, right across from the Village Inn. Ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and select used vehicles Tell them Mark sent you faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. Uh, glad to have everyone in here on a Saturday morning. Thanks for making us a part of your morning. Uh, as always, if you're listening on the radio, you could join us on Facebook as well. Search on the Mark KMO on Facebook. Got the Facebook live feed going. Uh, it is going to be a gorgeous day here in America's hometown in Hannibal, broadcasting live from our KHMO studios. A uh, little rain this morning here in the Tri-States, but it uh, looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day, a busy, busy day ahead as well uh, for me. So hopefully everyone has got some big weekend plans. Uh, lots to get to here in the world of sports. Uh, as we look towards the show, uh, what are we going to do over the next hour? Well, we're going to talk NBA Let's break down the Eastern and Western Conference where we're at big game sevens in the East. The Western Conference is now set. We know the finals. We'll get into all that. Take a little break. Then I will give all of my thoughts on the Chicago Bears submitting a bid to possibly move out of Chicago to the suburbs, to the Arlington Racetrack. We'll talk about that. Take a break after that. Then we'll get back into golf. U.S. Open, big weekend for golf. Big names making the cut. That's huge for golf. We're going to look into all that, and then we'll wrap up the show with a little Olympic talk. Already some big NBA stars committing to the Olympic basketball team. That is huge for Team USA, so we'll get into all that. Right now, though, let's just get it started. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Game sevens in the NBA, two of them in the Eastern Conference to figure out who is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I can make the argument that the biggest game in the NBA of their whole season, regardless of what happens after this or what has come before this, is actually tonight. Game seven, Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee Bucks in Brooklyn. Uh, This is a huge game. It's a huge game. We talked last week. You got to remember where we we were the last time we talked last week. We were at um, uh, Brooklyn up 2-0, and uh, what happening to my Bucks? I bet the Bucks to win the NBA championship. Uh, and I challenged Coach Mike Budenholzer to get Giannis in the paint. And what's happened here? Well, the home teams have won. When the games have been in Milwaukee, what's happened? Giannis has been physical. He's gotten in the paint. He's responded well. Middleton's played big in Milwaukee. And what's happened in Brooklyn? The Nets can play more finesse. Brooklyn doesn't, uh, Milwaukee doesn't get the calls that they've been getting in the paint. Giannis has been shooting more threes on the road. And uh, it's happened to where the road teams don't get the calls and they lose on the road. So now we have game seven in Brooklyn. And I think. What's so unique about this series, what's so unique about this Game 7, is that there is only one person in this whole series whose legacy is set. 
It's set. No matter what happens for the remainder of their career, we will think at least this about that player, and that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is set as a certainly a top 10 offensive player of all time. Some may argue he's already a top 10 uh, just player of all time. He's not in my top 10 yet, but Kevin Durant's legacy is set. If Kevin Durant retired tomorrow, we'd think of him as a top 10 offensive player. Maybe you could argue a top five offensive player of all time. And somewhere just on the outside, but very close to a top 10 greatest player of all time. Now, Kevin Durant's legacy can improve, but he's a lot like Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. Him and Aaron Rodgers are in this similar set where kind of no matter what happens after here, their legacies can only get better. They can only uh, cement themselves more as a top 10 guy. But what, no matter what happens, I'm not going to blame Kevin Durant. If the Nets lose game seven tonight, unless, oh, if Kevin Durant has a stinker, I still won't blame Kevin and he's not going to like tumble down my all-time rankings. What he did in game five, what he has done uh, now with an injured Kyrie, an injured James Harden, as what we've seen in all of NBA history, no one superstar can do it alone. Michael can't do it alone. LeBron couldn't do it alone. It's unfair of me to then just assume and ask Kevin Durant to do it alone. It's the same way I feel about Giannis, but the problem is Giannis doesn't yet have the rings. He doesn't yet have the hardware that Kevin Durant does. And Giannis just offensively is nowhere near what Kevin Durant is. He's already, Kevin Durant's already in, you know, the top tens and all these assists categories of his scoring categories, field goal percentage, all these incredible offensive numbers historically. So Giannis, his legacy can get and can grow massively in this game seven. He can take that leap like Kevin Durant took the leap when he made the move to Golden State. And then started winning titles. James Harden is the other's guy, uh, the other guy whose legacy is drastically affected by what happens in this game seven. Because James Harden is a guy that we think of as an elite offensive player, one of the most unstoppable offensive players, uh, maybe of all time, but certainly in an era in the NBA with no hand check and a way less physical game where the stars get the calls way more than they did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and even early 2000s of NBA basketball, which is another reason why I think you saw this uh, other thing that we, we're not going to spend a ton of time on because, again, we don't know if it's going to happen yet, but the NBA is talking about creating the Trey Young-James Harden rule where you can't jump into a guy to draw constant to get a foul. That will be an offensive foul, and I think they should instill that. Because I think the NBA has a little bit of a problem with that rule, and it's getting a little too ticky-tacky, and it's making the game so uncompetitive for the defenders, where it's just getting a little ridiculous. And and we're starting to have to, you know, think of is Trey Young a all-time great NBA player? Like, well, no, he's just able to do things that really talented players before him weren't able to do because of the way the rules are set up. But I think the rules, uh, the NBA needs to address, and I and I and I hope the NBA does change that rule but regardless going back to this game seven for Brooklyn and Milwaukee I think it's huge um listen I, I've been wrong predicting I've lost a lot of money gambling on this uh, on this series just because as soon as I think the tide turns one way the home team comes back and the series looks completely different for whichever team's at home that being said I feel really good about Milwaukee's chances I, I'm not gonna bet this game I'm staying away from it I'm I can't afford to lose any more money. 
And I love whoever wins this series to go on and win the Eastern Conference pretty handily. And we'll talk about uh, the other uh, the other series here in just a second. If you're going to make me pick, I, I have a feeling that Giannis plays big in the paint. I have a feeling that Giannis is the one that controls the tempo of Game 7, not Kevin Durant. I have a feeling that Chris Middleton steps up big, and I have a really good feeling that Giannis shows up big on the defensive end. I do not trust James Harden's hamstring at this point in time. I do not trust that Jeff Green is going to be that big for the Brooklyn Nets like he was uh, in Game 5 to help salvage that. And with no Kyrie Irving, they need, Kevin Durant needs, you know, he needs James Harden to play really well, and then they need one other guy to step up. I don't know if the Brooklyn can get that in a Game 7, but I do feel like I know Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday will all play very well, and Giannis will play big. If Giannis plays big in the paint and dominates in the paint, like he did in Game 4 and Game 6, then I have very, very high confidence in the Bucs winning this game. So, so much of it's going to be determined about how the game is called and, and and how Giannis is playing in the first five to ten minutes of the game. This is the type of game that I'll sit there watching tonight. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Mark Espin, and I'll be literally, I'll live bet this thing. If the Bucks, which I think they're going to start out as underdogs, I haven't looked at the line yet, but if the Bucks come out and are physical early and Giannis is getting some calls in the paint, all in on the Bucks. I'll bet them money line points, whatever I got to do to get some value, that the Bucks will win that game if that's how it turns out. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I think it's a huge game. I think for the NBA at this point in time, especially what we're seeing in the Western Conference now with the Clippers moving on and the Suns, I honestly think for the NBA, this is one of those things where it would be better for Milwaukee to win at this point in time. Because what did we talk about going into the bubble last year and going into last year and the kind of the 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 duos instead of the trios? Having a Milwaukee and a Giannis breakthrough and make to that next level, I still think is the best thing for the NBA. Uh, getting him a championship, getting him to play in a championship and have a chance to win a championship, uh, to continue moving on this kind of where the face of the league is at this moment. Uh, you know, an MVP who's already out, uh, LeBron's out, uh, Kawhi's injured. Could this be a moment where we anoint Giannis a little bit more? But he's got to get through what who's the best player in the NBA right now, and that's Kevin Durant. Uh, and uh, I, I see it happening tonight. I will take the Bucks. I bet him before. Uh, no reason to get off the Bucks right now, and uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch, a massive game. I do want to talk about Game 7, the other one now we have in the Eastern Conference with Philadelphia and Atlanta. This series is so weird. So much of it is, is due to the fact that, ben, uh, that Joel Embiid is not healthy. If Joel Embiid had not hurt his knee, I, I don't see this series being in a Game 7. I, I really feel like 76ers would have taken care of business in five or six games. But the problem is, we are we as an NBA fan community, I was tweeting it the other night, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm just being blown away by the ineptitude of Ben Simmons. And maybe it's a shame on me as a, as a guy who loves sports and talks sports and, and, and is trying to be a, you know a, a, a voice to bounce things off of, that I should have watched more 76ers basketball in the regular season. 
But I also feel like it's not a shame on me because Ben Simmons was great in the regular season. He was a deserved all-star, a deserved defensive player of the year candidate, and could easily get you 15 to 20 points any night he wanted in the regular season. But as the playoffs have tightened everything up and he's not getting the calls and he's terrified of the free throw line, Ben Simmons is something that no matter, even if Philly wins, I think Philly will win. I think if you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan, you have got to get rid of Ben Simmons. you got to get whatever you can for him. A couple picks, uh, a, a more aggressive point guard. I mean, this is this is just not working. Joel Embiid is the type of guy that I think you can win a championship around. But you cannot have the second best player with Joel Embiid be Ben Simmons. Now, Ben Simmons, I do think, is the type of player that can help win a championship for you. But he's not the type of guy that you can ha- that you can pair with a big. Ben Simmons is the type of guy that needs to be uh, with shooters and with other people who that don't need the lane clog. I, I could see him working really well in Boston with Jason Tatum. Because Jason Tatum doesn't need to get in the lane to score. Your best player cannot be a big and also have Ben Simmons. Because he himself... Is like Giannis. He's like a big. I mean, he's so weird. He can he can distribute. He can get 15 assists a game. He can get 15 rebounds. But in order for him to score, which you need your second best player to score, he's got to have an open lane. It's it's a weird weird dynamic. I, I don't know where Ben Simmons fits. He's a great player. I just don't know where he fits. Maybe he fits in Sacramento with the De'Aaron Fox, but he can't play with a big. It's, and Ben Simmons has been an embarrassment, and they're paying him so much money. I don't know what you do with Ben Simmons. He has a chance here to turn it all around in a Game 7 and in an Eastern Conference Finals, but if they lose this series, it is not on Joel Embiid. It is on Ben Simmons uh, being inept offensively and 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 not stepping up to be this the, the second-best player on that team. It's been embarrassing for Ben Simmons. And, and as far as the Hawks go... Listen, Trey Young is is incredible, and he's really, really showing up big, and he's skyrocketed. My respect for Trey Young has skyrocketed as much as my respect for Ben Simmons has plummeted. The problem with the Hawks right now is John Collins. They need Collins to step up and give him more than seven points. Uh, Bogdanovich has got to hit his threes. Uh, they need all those things to go right and Trey Young to have a big game. They're kind of like the Jazz at this point in time, where – Donovan Mitchell, it's okay if Trey Young scores 39. The the biggest thing for the 76ers is you can't let anyone else go off. Uh, and and right now, I, I don't know if I see that happening. I'll take the 76ers. I'll take the Bucks. That's who I'm taking in these game sevens. And we'll see by next Saturday where we're at in the Eastern Conference. And I could be completely wrong. Could be Hawks, Nets. Wouldn't be shocked about it. I feel momentum favors and game seven pressure favors the 76ers and the Hawks. Now, as far as the Western Conference, we now know our Western Conference finals. The Clippers take care of Utah, 131-119. I got to be honest, blown away by Paul George. He deserves some credit. We've been very harsh on playoff P because he earned that criticism because he was terrible last year in the bubble. He was terrible two years ago with Oklahoma City, and he was not good through the first Series and a half. Well, he wasn't consistent enough in the first series and a half of this playoffs. But he has been magnificent in the two games without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he has single-handedly helped them beat the number one seed, the Utah Jazz, in the Western Conference. 
to get to the Western Conference Finals. First time ever Western Conference Finals for the Los Angeles Clippers, which again, that is something that needs to be celebrated for the Clippers. I know you're saying to yourself, why when you have a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, all this money, would you celebrate getting to a Western Conference Finals? Because that's a monkey off the back type of moment, right? That is a roadblock, a wall, a barrier you're broken down. Now the Clippers never, anytime they're in the playoffs after after this, never have to hear, well, they haven't even made a Western Conference Finals yet. They can move on. That Now they can focus on, with plenty of other teams of, you've never made the finals. That's another big monkey. It's another big hurdle. But you've gotten at least one roadblock down. So they deserve credit for that. Now, as far as them playing the Suns, listen, this Suns-Clippers series is all down to, will Chris Paul be back from the health and safety protocols? And how many games will he miss if he has to miss some games? That's going to be huge. Then the other flip side is, what is up with Kawhi Leonard's knee? Is it a tear? Is it not a tear? Is it a, is it sore? Will he play in how many games? If Kawhi Leonard is not playing in the majority of the games, I like the Suns. But if also Chris Paul is not playing in the majority of the games, and so there's no Chris Paul, no Kawhi Leonard, if you remove those two entities in the Western Conference Finals, I actually like the Clippers. I think they have more depth, more size. Um, without the leadership of a Chris Paul, I don't think the Suns could take care of the Clippers, or at least I think it goes seven games, and it's a it's a could be a bloodbath in the Western Conference Finals, especially with all the rest that they're getting the rest rust thing. I like uh, if both teams are are back, and you have a Kawhi and you have a CP3. I'll take the Suns. I will. I, I just think the leadership. The shot making ability and what CP3 will do with that young roster versus the Clippers. Uh, and, you know, right now, the Suns deserve us as media, us as fans, giving them that respect. They deserve it because they have dispatched the Lakers and dispatched the Nuggets so easily. We just got to start respecting them. And, and, the, and the Clippers, on the meanwhile, have really, you know, been so inconsistent up and down. And now I don't know what the health of is. I know when Chris Paul comes back from any test negative twice in a row, he's healthy. I don't know what Kawhi Leonard's like. And I just don't think a non-healthy, uh, a Clippers team with a non-healthy Kawhi Leonard is getting through a Suns team. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, though. A lot of fun to watch. Congrats to the Clippers for breaking through that ceiling and getting to their first ever Western Conference Finals. All right. Uh, so, quick little recap before we take our first break. I like the Bucks. I like the Sixers in the East to win their Game 7s. And uh, all things considered, I'm just going to factor in the Kawhi and CP3 play. I like the Suns, but this series is so much determined on how many games does CP3 play and how many games does Kawhi play and how healthy are they. So it, you know, the NBA's got a real health problem right now. Uh, except for the Bucs, they're the only team that's healthy, and they may be out of it uh, by 9 o'clock tonight. You're listening to the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. I know that was a long one, uh, but uh, stick around because coming on up, we're going to spend a couple minutes on the Bears and a possible move. I will unload my thoughts. Don't want to miss that. Golf talk, U.S. men's basketball talk. Don't go anywhere. Live and local on a Saturday in America's hometown. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. This is Larry Hansen, General News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. I'm telling you, CunisQuincy.com, shop online. 
every other dealership, I drive by them here in Quincy, in Hannibal, they got empty lots. Cunis does not because they have an incredibly large network and they've been getting in the new inventory still, the Hondas and Hyundais, uh, plenty of new inventory. Uh, it, it's really, really incredible. Check them on out. CunisQuincy.com, CunisHyundai.com, CunisHonda.com. Uh, just shop online. It, it's uh, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's how I got my truck from Cunis. All right, coming on up, uh, let's dive into it. Has been headline number two. We're talking Bears. Hespin's headlines on the mark. But we're not talking Bears, Justin Fields, and Matt Nagy being stupid in this whole, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's our QB1 and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to get into that because that makes me sad to think about. What's really fascinating to think about is that uh, if you don't know and you're not a, a Bears fan, this is a really fascinating thing beyond just Bears fans. I think this is huge for the NFL in general. And I think it's also... It, it, one of those things where we're seeing this happen more and more in the NFL, and if it happens with the Bears, then all bets are off for any team. The Chicago Bears organization has put in an official bid, and they're one of 11 official bids, to buy Arlington Racetrack in Arlington Heights, a suburb of Chicago. Arlington Heights is a great suburb of Chicago. My cousins grew up there. I spent a lot of time there. Uh, Arlington Heights is only 30 miles from downtown Chicago. Uh, and if you're sitting here in Quincy, Hannah, we think 30 miles, well, 30 miles, what is that's like got to be out in the boondocks, the corn. No, no, no. If you haven't been to Chicago and Chicago land, Chicago is the densest network of suburbs in all of the country. If you're sitting there at Soldier Field in the heart of downtown Chicago and you drive 50 miles south, 50 miles west, 50 miles northwest, southwest, 50 miles north, north, it, you're in the suburbs. It's, you need to drive about 60 miles in any direction from Soldier Field until all of a sudden you're like in the corn and kind of, you know, then into what we what life looks like out here in the rest of Illinois. It is a dense network of suburbs, especially in the northwest section where I grew up. Arlington Heights is on its way to the town. I grew up in Crystal Lake. Arlington Racetrack is this giant facility. It's a horse racing track. It's not when you say racetrack. It's not a. Uh, it's not NASCAR or soccer. It's horse racing, and because it's not only this giant park for the horses, there's all of this land. Then it's on the park for where you you know keep the horses, the stables, the training grounds. It is a massive, massive plot of land. The Chicago Bears are one of eleven bidders in this. So again. Uh, the, the people who are selling it, they're not prioritizing the Bears. They're looking for what offers the best. So I think we have to remember that. Just because the Bears put in a bid doesn't mean their bid is even going to get selected. Now, Mayor Lori Lightfoot of the city of Chicago, she thinks this is a uh, negotiating tactic because the Bears are currently go negotiating with the city that owns Soldier Field where they play. Uh, to upgrade some of the facilities of the park because it is technically a park district thing. You know, we think about here, oh, what does the park district own in Quincy or in Hannibal? It's like, oh, well, it's just, like, you know, a little, you know, Washington Park or whatever it may be, Riverview Park. Well, this park district in Chicago owns Soldier Field. It's huge upkeep, upkeep and all this stuff. So there's a lot of factors at play here. I think the biggest factor, though, is let's just put it out there, hypothesize. The Bears actually win the bid, and the Chicago Bears organization then owns Arlington Racetrack, this giant plot of land. What do they do with it? 
Personally, I think this is a tactic because the Bears, and you're hearing more and more rumors about it, are looking to sell the team. The McCaskey family has owned it uh, from George Hallis, his daughter, then Virginia McCaskey, uh, has owned the team since his creation. They are one of the original last franchises where the original owners, the family, and the Hallis family, the first family of football into the McCaskies, his daughter, uh, you know, Virginia's 90, what, 98 years old, have owned the team. I, I think you're getting more and more, it's getting more and more realistic, and there's more and more rumblings about it where there's smoke, their fire. The Bears could actually be looking to sell the McCaskey family. Personally, I think if they if they get this bid and they win it and they own that piece of land, they will then sell the team. Because the McCaskies can make out extremely well in this in this scenario. The family's growing. The Bears themselves are the, I think, what, what do we say in Forbes? Like the fifth highest uh, 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 profitable franchise, like over $3 billion, one of the top 20 most valuable franchises in all franchises in the world. And if they own this piece of land, their value skyrockets to what I would then place them as. And I think Forbes, and you would see this, is easily the second most valuable franchise in the NFL, right behind Dallas. Because now... The Bears could say to all the billionaires out there, Jeff Bezos, whoever you want to throw at him, hey, 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 you are buying a team that then has a plot of land for you to build your own stadium. Because one of the reasons the Bears aren't more valuable and in the top three is because they don't own their stadium. They rent from the city. So if you buy the if you buy the, the Bears, you're stadiumless. You just have to sign this lease with the city. Now they have a great relationship with the city. Uh, the city wants the Bears to be there. The fans have always wanted the Bears to be there. All that jazz. So I think that's number one. I think if the McCaskies win the bid, I think the McCaskies will sell the team. And I think it makes sense for them at that point in time to get out. They can say, hey, listen, we tried. We've loved owning the Bears. It's time for the family to go in a different direction. It's time for the Bears to go in a different direction. And then they don't get to be the bad guys that actually move the Bears they bought the land. They could sit there and say, hey, we were going to use it for a training facility. We were going to use it for something else. We weren't going to move them. Blame the new guy, the new owner, the new gal, whoever buys the team. So I think there's that's number one. And then I think the other thing to look into is do fans and do we as fans and do I as a fan want the Bears to actually move? I think that's such a, a huge loaded question. I think the most important thing for if the Bears move to Arlington Heights is it's they have to nail the home run. It, the, the park has to be a grand slam. It has to be better than Jerry's World. It has to be better than what they just built in L.A. It has to be better than MetLife in New York. It has to be the new. It has to be better than Atlanta. It has to be better than what they did in Minnesota. This ball, the, the stadium that they build in Chicago has to be the largest. It has to be a retractable dome. So when the Bears play, that it's open, but then they can host Final Fours there. They can host any events there. They can host Super Bowls there. It has to be a crown jewel, best stadium by far in the league. If they do that, I'm all in on it. If the Bears get, and if they sell, a new owner comes in, say it's Jeff Bezos, whoever you want to say, new billionaire comes in, and they build you a stadium that is like Olympics worthy, that is Super Bowls worthy, then yes, it's a total win for the Bears. They're still the Chicago Bears, just like the San Francisco 49ers. They're still the San Francisco 49ers, even though they're 50 miles away. New England Patriots play 30 miles outside of Boston. The Dallas Cowboys ain't in Dallas. Chicago Bears won't be in Chicago, but they're still the Chicago Bears. Hey, we're all from the suburbs, and we say we're from Chicago anyways because you're in the Chicago land. And that won't bother me. 
I personally would love to see the Bears stay in Soldier Field. I love the history of it. I love the columns. I love the statues outside. I love getting those great lakefront views. I love Soldier Field. I love that Soldier Field is annoying. It's part of the annoyance of being a Chicago Bears fan. Getting in and out of that gosh-forsaken, awful new stadium built with inside those gorgeous old columns. It's annoying as heck. But the Bears were never... It's not like the Bears have spent their whole lives in Soldier Field. They played more games still at Wrigley Field than they've played at Soldier Field still as a franchise. That's where the Bears were, at Wrigley Field. At one point in time, Wrigley Field hosted more NFL games than any other stadium in the world. But they got to nail it. So I think there's two things at standpoint. I won't be mad if they move, but only if they nail it. They have to... If they if they just build some dinky thing out there with that you then can't host Super Bowls, you can't have a retractable dome and all this stuff, I, I will be so upset. Because this is a, it, it's a giant plot of land, and it's a way to build hotels, training facility, uh, incredible fan engagement, huge tailgating areas. You could nail this thing. You could be the best stadium in the country. They have to do it that way if they do it. So uh, that's my thoughts on it. I think, uh, again, it, it, it could all be a negotiating tactic as well. And it could be the Bears. Uh, the, the, if the Bears don't win the bid, I think the family holds on to the team for longer. I think they do because it's a great cash cow for them, and they they don't have to worry about making money. They're making money hand over fist. But I think if they win this bid, I think it's a way for them to sell. The, the McCaskey family is not building the stadium. They don't have the money. And and the tax breaks, it's just not going to happen in Arlington Heights and the suburbs. They ain't going to do it. I, 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 I think if they win the bid and, and the Arlington Heights racetrack gets sold to the Chicago Bears organization, you will see a quick turnaround of the McCaskey family selling the Bears and I think that's the smartest thing for them to do at that point. It is. But please, for the love of all things holy, if you're out there listening right now and you are a billionaire who's going to buy the Bears, you've got to nail the stadium. The new stadium has to be world-class, better than Atlanta, better than Jerry's World, better than uh, what they got in Arizona where they host Super Bowls, better than what they got in San Francisco, which is not in San Francisco, so it's 50 miles outside of San Francisco. So I'm not going to get too arguing upset about being 30 miles outside of downtown. Yeah, I would hate. I would love for the Bears to have this world class facility in downtown and host Super Bowls in downtown. That ain't happening. They're not demolishing Soldier Field, and they're not going to build this um, awesome thing on the lakefront. It would be the coolest thing in the world if they did, but they're not doing it. And Soldier Field will survive. Soldier Field will host concerts all summer long. The Fire will play there, do all that stuff. And I still think there'll be times when you'll see the Bears playing at Soldier Field. Again, this isn't this won't happen overnight. This if they do this right and they win this the the bid, then the, the building of the stadium, the selling of the team, they may not be in there till twenty thirty anyways, if it happens. Uh but I, I think this is one of those things where it has to be all done right for Bears fans like me to be happy with it all happening. Otherwise, stay in Soldier Field, annoy us. But get those gorgeous, gorgeous skyline views, and then we don't have to uh, worry about being the uh, suburban bears. All right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Coming on up, talking golf, little Olympic talk. Don't go anywhere. Live and local on a Saturday in America's hometown of Hannibal. It's on the market. News Talk 1070 KHMO. The Quincy Gems present America's Pat. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. They're your number one Hyundai Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. You've got to ask them about this complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and select used vehicles. 
No one else is doing that here in the Tri-States. It's an incredible, incredible deal. Uh, tell them Mark sent you, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, or just shop online, cunisquince.com. Follow them on social media. They do a great job. Uh, uh, have a lot of fun on social media. Post great deals on social media. Uh, so check them out there, Cunis, uh, of Country of Quincy on Facebook, all that, all that fun stuff. All right. Let us turn our focus now to golf's third major. The U.S. Open is this weekend, rounds one and two in the books. And this is the first time on uh, a, a major this year. You know whenever it gets to major golf, what is Mark going to complain about? The star, star power, golf needs the stars to step up. This is the first of the majors this year that I am not complaining about that. Uh, the only real big notable names who you think, oh, those guys are guys you'd like to see do well, you'd like to see uh, near the top of the leaderboard because I think they'd be good storylines that didn't make the cut, Zach Johnson, Will Zalatoris, and Tony Finau. Those are the only ones as I'm looking through this, that you know, as watching golf the past two days and now looking through the leaderboard as they're about to start uh, Saturday, moving day, is I'm like, wow. I mean, so many. Now, there's not a ton of guys in contention. There's not a ton of guys near the top of the leaderboard. But the fact that you have listened to these names that all made the cut and all have a chance uh, this weekend to win. Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, all of them playing weekend golf. That is great for golf. That is what you want to see from golf right now while Tiger is still on the mend. You have seven to eight big names, major winners, uh, guys looking for uh, to add majors, guys looking for first majors, all of them playing in the weekend. That is amazing for golf. Uh, now, uh, the best thing that could happen this weekend would be at some point in time to get Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka near the top of the leaderboard playing together on Sunday. They're not playing together today, uh, even though they could have. Golf could have scheduled them together, but they didn't. Uh, the Brooks-Bryson thing is the best thing going in golf right now. You know me. I'm Team Brooks Kepka. I think he's just a better golfer. You know, Brooks has four majors uh, compared to Bryson's one. Uh, Bryson has never finished better than Brooks in a major where Brooks, Brooks has played. And let's just be honest about this. You know, John Rahm, I forgot to mention John Rahm and Bubba Watson at the top of the leaderboard. Those guys, big names near the top. Xander Shoffley. Uh, I would love to see um, a, uh, a leaderboard where you have those guys all battling at the top, you know, going into a Sunday. But I I want to I want to make something clear. I I really do believe. I know I know that Brooks has had chances and he's blown them in recent majors, but he has not been healthy for over two years here now, and that's that's Brooks's cross to bear. It's one of the reasons why Brooks hasn't skyrocketed to. Oh my gosh, is he the next like real Tiger competitor? Is he the next real face of golf? I think he is the the closest thing to it. Because he's got the four majors, he's he's more consistent than Spieth, better than Rory over the past uh, five years. Dustin Johnson is so inconsistent. I think Dustin's game is better than Brooks when they're both healthy and both playing elite, but Brooks just is there more often than Dustin Johnson. So let me say this. Brooks looks fairly healthy. The knee is still not 100%, uh, but hopefully he can finish through this season and be 100% going into next year. And I think Brooks Kepka, 
Uh, you know, he get to he's in a, a great spot of being even only five shots back. I'm not worried about Bland, Henley, uh, these guys with the five shots leave and Wolf and Ustazen. Uh, those four guys, I'm not worried about them. I think there's enough big names close enough. The stress of the weekend with the U.S. Open, the grass is tough at Torrey Pines. You're watching these roughs. It's incredibly thick rough right around the green. Uh, I think Rom Watson, uh, Kepka, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, uh, and hopefully DeChambeau because you need the villains. DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, you need those villains golf to play well as well. Uh, so they give guys like me people to root against on a Sunday watching golf. Uh, so very, very excited for golf this weekend. Um, you hope that of those guys that I listed, you know, who of the guys who are playing this weekend, Spieth, Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, Rory McIlroy, Bryson Shambow, Colin Morkow, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Bubba Watson, and John Rahm. That's what? 10 guys, 11 guys I just listed. If you get at four or five of them, of those guys in the in the final three groups, four groups on a Sunday playing golf, that's huge. That's that's ratings gold. That's storyline gold. That is growing the game gold uh, for the sport of golf. So I, I I hope it happens. I mean, yeah, it's always fun to see you know this guy like Richard Bland, who's this kind of fringe story. He's like forty eight, uh, Englishman. He's only won once in tour history. And his years of being on the tour, he's like 20-plus years of being on the tour. Uh, those are fun stories, but you want these big names to show up and play well uh, on a Saturday so you have a, a, a packed leaderboard going into a Sunday. All right, we're going to take our final break, and then I'm going to just – it's my show, so I'm going to geek out about some things, and it's going to be uh, U.S. Olympic basketball. So we're going to geek out about some stuff because I'm allowed to because it's my show. It's on the market, Newstalk 1070 KHMO. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. That's Cunis Country. JC Park City. 70 KHMO on the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. Uh, great deals this weekend. They are got new Palisades in. I was just talking with uh, Levi Billman, the... Uh, uh, General Sales Manager of Cunis Hyundai uh, yesterday on uh, Mornings of Market Sam, and he was telling me, he's like, Mark, no joke. The, the amount of new we're getting in compared to everyone else, it's just crazy. Honda and Hyundai's been able to keep restocking that new inventory better than the others, and they're pre-ordering everything. They're staying on top of it, over-ordering, and he's literally was telling me, never in his life has he seen that it's this uh, much more affordable to buy new than it is used. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, I'm telling you, CunisQuincy.com. Stop by Cunis Country, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Country. All right. Uh, this is where, this is the part of the show where it's like, all right, I know it's uh, it seems silly to spend time on, but I love this stuff, so I want to talk about it. We're getting word in here now as we get closer and closer to the Olympics. We are less than a month away from really being in deep with Olympics talk. You got trials going on. You got Katie Ledecky crushing people, uh, winning by you know, 10, 20 seconds in swims. Uh, and we're now getting word from the U.S. men's national basketball team uh, that we have five 
committed stars that, you know, they're going to do this camp and kind of let guys battle for spots. Um, but we got five committed stars that look like they're going to be on the team. They're going to compete. They're going to play for Team USA. And these are all five guys that I'm completely comfortable not having to earn a spot. If they want in, they get a spot. Uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, uh, Draymond Green, and Jason Tatum. That Hell, if that's your starting five, <laughs> USA, that's pretty darn good. And this is a time you're going to see these younger guys. And I know with so many injuries and uh, and and LeBron going off about the short offseason, they all have a right to say, I'm out. Because what matters to more of these guys than anything is NBA championships, winning in the postseason, blah, 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 staying healthy for their season. But Luka's playing for his country. You're going to have the uh, a, a really good Canadian team with R.J. Barrett and, and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you, you're you're going to get these guys. You know Jokovic uh, is going to play for Serbia. The amount of international players and these international squads, these, these teams are good now. USA winning gold is more impressive now, regardless of if they had LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and you just were even even if you put that team out there, it's still now harder to win gold in basketball than it's ever been, because the talent in the in Europe uh, uh, and across the 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 world, it's just better than it's ever been. It's only getting more and more incredible. So uh, that getting those five guys to commit. Uh, and then if you can add, you know, a Bam out of Bayou, get some size. Um, you know, if you can add uh, some young guys like a, 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 a Zach Levine, you know, uh, just some professional scorers. Um, you know, I would love to see a couple other guys, De'Aaron Fox, a John Morant. I think this is the time for them to, you know, great for them because Nike's going to want to push them. If you're for a brand, sell some shoes, uh, be on the world stage, win a gold medal, Play for your country while you're young. You got fresh legs. This is the time to do it. Give KD, give LeBron, uh, give um, uh, James Harden. They, they get the summer off. Jimmy Butler, I get it. You know, you had the shortened off season because uh, of COVID. You had the incredible, you know, sprints of an NBA season. You're in the playoffs. You guys get time. But Tatum, uh, Booker, Beal, Lillard, Love that. Damian Lillard, I think, could be the you know the MVP of this team. And and uh when you when you have other big name superstars like a like a Luca committing to play and and to for their team, I, I just think this is gonna be a really fun tournament to watch. And again, if you if it had to and it was like, hey, we need the best players to play or else like, you know, we you know, actually like really meaning something. Yeah. The USA has got the best basketball players in the world. If we had to put a team together to defeat the aliens or whatever, you know what I mean? Get it all, you know, freak show on you here, but, but this is going to be really competitive. It's going to be really fun. But with a team like that, and you can commit to, you're going to give me those five. The USA should be okay. That, that, you know, the USA basketball should be okay. If you're going to give me Booker, Beal, Lillard, Green, Tatum as five guys who've already committed, committed, to playing for Team USA. Uh, and they're going to take up five of the 12 spots. Now, where they go the rest of the pieces, you got to get some size for me. Got to get some size because Draymond Green can't be your starting center uh, against Jokic and uh, the size of some of these European teams.
Pau Gasol for Spain. You know what I mean? We need some size, but uh, get some. Give me a Bam out of bio. Give me a DeAndre Ayton. Find me some size here. These young guys. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, come on, step up, play a little uh, USA basketball. All right, that's going to do it for me on this Saturday. I appreciate you all stopping by, making me a part of your morning. Cannot wait. Game sevens, big, 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 big basketball to watch tonight. Tomorrow, uh, you get game one of the Western Conference, and we get game seven uh, for Philly and Atlanta. Who would have thought Philly Atlanta going game seven? I certainly didn't think it. Uh, enjoy this weekend. Watch a little baseball. Have some fun. And we'll see you next week. We'll dive into it. We'll have more NBA playoff talk. Who knows what will be with Aaron Rodgers a week from now and the Packers. All that drama will continue. Uh, enjoy it. Be safe. Have a fun weekend. And uh, if you can, stop by Cunis Country. Shout out to those guys. They do a great job. Uh, we appreciate them being a part of this show. Couldn't be here without them. Have fun. Be safe. Enjoy it. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Hessman. Let's talk and bet some sports this weekend. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO. There's gold in your garage. And Cunis.